and you're listening to Dream Infringement in a restaurant on the outskirts of Ashland. Fancy restaurant. I heard it has not one, not two, but three Michelin stars. Can you believe that, Dolores? Oh, Frank, even the tablecloth is so soft. What is this, Sil? You can't just rub the tablecloth on your face, Dolores. This isn't the Olive Garden. But it's so soft, Frank. Feel it, feel it, Frank, feel uh, it. Um, here is your soup, madame. <laughs> Merci. Oh, the soup. It smells heavenly. Smell the soup, Frank. Smell it. Smell it, Frank. Ah! There's a fly in here, Frank. Get it out. Frank, get it out. Don't worry, Dolores. I'll call the server over. Excuse me. Excuse me. Monsieur, what seems to be the problem? There's a fly swimming. In my wife's soup! Monsieur, isn't it sweet? A little guy is working on his backstroke. Give him a little applause to encourage him. Ah, how delightful! (laughs) Classic Frank and Dolores, am I right? Well, you could certainly call that a memorable meal. Which brings me to the theme of our episode today, memorable meals. And you know, here at Dream Infringement, we are pretty, I think like to think we're we're pretty creative, but we got the idea for this week's theme from a mutual favorite podcast called Every Little Thing. They had listeners call in with accounts of their favorite meals, and it was just such a heartwarming episode and we thought you know this would be great to ask our own friends and family what some of their memorable meals were so that's what you're going to be hearing today is people's most memorable meals so first we're going to hear from jennifer reading her uncle danny's story and then we're going to hear from indy he is three years old and super cute if i say so myself and then our friend louisa jennifer here with a story from my Uncle Danny about one meal that he found memorable. So he starts, As your mom can attest, your grandmother was not known for superlative cuisine. Meals were very basic. And maybe we were picky too. So as an adult, I was surprised to discover that I liked just about every food I tried. It was a time of exploration. On my first trip to Europe, I was staying with two German friends, and as I was still jet-lagged on the second day, they decided to make a comfort dinner with local specialties, including white asparagus. It was a new food to me, and delicious. After dinner, I went to the bathroom, and that smell hit me. Oh no. I came out and announced that they should take more vitamins because I was sure I had come down with some awful flu. When they stopped laughing, they explained to me that this was a well-known asparagus side effect. Ah, discovery. Thank you, Uncle Danny. Every time I eat asparagus, I forget about that, 
and then in the restroom I'm afraid that I ha I'm dying of something terrible and then I realized no I just had asparagus for dinner and by the time I came around my grandma Jane just didn't even try to cook at all I don't know how she escaped having any ability in this area considering in her day and age like all women were the ultimate homemakers and the pressure was on to be good cooks. She defied expectation. It makes perfect sense that grandmother would never have prepared anything so exotic as asparagus. I love picnics. And what do you like to eat at picnics? I like to eat at picnics um, with a nap. What do you like to eat at picnics? Um, What's your favorite food to have at a picnic? Um, um, a carrot. Mm-hmm, what else? Um, chicken. Very good chicken and carrots. Those are some delicious foods. Yeah, and I like, and I like some, and I like to pet a little kitty. That sounds like a great picnic. So which, what you're telling me, what I'm hearing hey, is... Kitty is in the food. Yeah, you just want a kitty cat there to pet. Oh. So you like to, so you are imagining yourself at the park having a picnic where you're petting a kitty cat and you're eating carrots and chicken? Yeah. Does Spock love carrots? Spock, our cat, does he love carrots? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't actually ever seen him eat a carrot. Yeah, but Eddie's Eddie eats carrots. Yes, our dog Eddie loves eating carrots. Yeah, and Spock loves eating carrots. Yeah. What people do you want to be at your picnic? I want to um, mommy. And who else? Uh, Daddy and Weston. Yeah, you're a big brother? Yeah. And what kind of things do you think we'll talk about at the picnic? Um... Invisible carrot. Invisible carrots? Yeah. That sounds very funny. Yeah. That sounds very funny. Yeah. Well, thank you and for... And tasty. And tasty, yes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your special picnic experience with me. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah, let's just talk. This dining experience happened while I was in Chiang Mai. And we were in a particularly nice restaurant. And it was outside. The evening was very warm and beautiful. And we ordered quite a massive amount of food. And it had just arrived at our table. And I was ladling Tom Ka soup into my bowl. And as I took my first bite, I was absolutely overwhelmed with how delicious it was. So many flavors and spices. It was better than most of the foods I've ever eaten. And so I was about to go for my next bite and just then a unreasonably large moth flew into my soup and just spattered about and was flailing and making, actually flung soup all around. And it had tragically attacked it and I was frozen. I couldn't move and make it leave. And so I eventually was able to come to my senses and I scoop the moth out and I don't know what happened to the moth and I don't care. I was really upset about it and I tried to scoop out as much moth dust as I could and I stared at it for a 
a couple seconds trying to decide what to do and I just decided to keep eating it and it was so good and my father's words just echoed in my brain it's it's just protein so there you have it there's a tear in my beer cause I'm crying for you dear you are on my lonely mind and now you're going to hear from Todd Odessa's and Jennifer. So this is Jennifer and I am having a Zoom conversation with our friend Todd, who graciously decided to share a food story or a memorable meal story with us. And he dressed for the occasion. I noticed he has a shirt, it's foreshadowing, it says Alaska on it, which I, I know has to do with this story. So Todd, one of the most memorable meals that came to your mind could you tell us about it? Uh, the most memorable meal, and there's been a few, but this I think really tops the top 10, was back in 2008. My parents uh, let us know that they were going to be celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary by taking the inside passage up in the coast of Alaska. And would we like to come along? Uh, my wife, Judy, and I, and my brother, Barry, and his wife, and we all said yes. And so the six of us, uh, my mom, Kind of did the itinerary we didn't want to go on one of those great big cruise ships but rather go up to fly up there and get on the alaska marine highway which is sort of like their state you might say greyhound service just on water instead of on highways and so we did that we saw these great big cruise ships going by with you know people all isolated from you know reality and stuff and we had it how we wanted it to be and so we went from ketchikan on up to all these beautiful islands and forests and rookeries and sea life and birds and, and dolphins and stuff like that. And an amazing amount of bald eagles. They're like seagulls up there. So we cruised on up to the north and got to eventually to Skagway, uh, which is what's the takeoff point for the Chilkoot Pass back in the gold rush, the Yukon gold rush of 1898. One drainage over from there is White Pass instead of Chilkoot Pass, and they built a train track going up there shortly after the gold rush to help get some value out of that. And it goes from the U.S., from Alaska into Canada and back. So we had a wonderful time, uh, the six of us on this Alaskan cruise of our own making, you might say, you know, getting to see the, the real people of Alaska just commuting on these boats. We got back to Juneau uh, to the last hotel we stayed in that night, a really nice hotel in the capital and the last night we went downstairs to the restaurant and we sat around these great big round tables of, you know, this nice white linen cloth and the water glass with the little lime slice in it and the seven piece settings and all this stuff. And we're all looking at the menus. What looks good to you? What looks good to you? And I'm just kind of looking at it going, well, I'm going to see what everyone else orders. Some people had steak or this or that. Some people had, my mom had fish because she liked fish. I didn't really like fish. I didn't grow up liking fish, but I've had some few fish a few times that was like, okay, this isn't bad. This is almost like a steak. And salmon was one of those. And so I see on the menu that there's cedar plank baked Alaskan salmon with a strawberry glaze. And it comes with rice pilaf. 
and broccoli or, or some kind of green vegetables, along with buttered garlic sourdough bread. No one else was ordering that. And I thought, well, this is Alaska. I'm going to order that. Cedar plank baked salmon. I'm, you know, I'm a forester, so cedar planks, I get that. that uh, cedar has this great smell to it, and that's going to come into the food somehow. So that's what I ordered. And when it came, I think my mouth started watering as soon as it was set in front of me. It was beautiful. I've had better rice pilaf or wild rice or whatever it was, and, and the vegetables were fine, and the rice was fine. But I just looked at this healthy portion on this baked cedar plank with little singed edges on the piece of the wood and uh, the strawberry glaze across the top of it. And I was like, this smells so good. This looks so good. But uh, we, everybody got their food and, and I started eating, you know, with my fork and stuff. And I was like, this is so tender and so like buttery, delectable. I could eat this with a spoon. I, I almost want to just eat it with my fingers. There weren't any bones or anything. It was just so, so good. And the strawberry glaze gave it this like blessing of sweetness and it came off you know the, the skin the on the side it's like a fillet is the part that's on the cedar plank and so that stays there and you just sort of gently lift this off almost like you're you know lifting up something so precious and you set it just into your mouth and it just kind of goes into you and becomes part of you and and you smile and you're happy and everyone looks at you like how is it and it was like i can't talk right now <laughs> I've experienced like this food joy where it just kind of warms you from the inside out. And, and this was like that. It was complete joy. And to put it in a nutshell, I could have eaten this forever. No meals ever topped this, especially in a restaurant. Nothing has ever been as good as this cedar plank baked Alaskan salmon with the strawberry glaze. I'd love to know who was it that actually was the chef that night that cooked this thing, you know, back in 2008, some 13 years ago, you know, when my dad was still with us and we were all still together. It was perfect. And I just want to tell him or her, good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Okay, so first let me tell you what the dish was exactly. It was baked salmon with garlic mashed potatoes. And it was so good, so full of flavor, savory, sweet, salty. It was so, so, so good. It was one of the best meals of my life that I ever had. And it was at a restaurant in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And I can't remember the name of the restaurant or the town that it was in I, I scrolled through my Instagram feed and all I said when I posted that picture was had a baked salmon with garlic mashed potatoes that was it now aside from the meal and the food itself which was incredible I'm gonna tell you what else added to this memorable food experience two things number one when I went to Cape Cod I didn't know anyone and the group I was with that morning, I had only known a few days, some up to two weeks. So being an ISTJ turbulent, this was uh, not good for me. I was out of my element all day, feeling uncomfortable, awkward, anxious, 
and just out of my own skin all day. So uh, the group I was with, there was a mom and daughter and they were really nice to me, very sweet. And they invited everyone to have dinner with them that evening. And they were very like eager and sincere in their invitation. So I felt included and, and that, that felt really good. So I ended up just going with them to the restaurant and I made sure to sit right next to the mom and daughter because they were the only ones that I really knew and would feel comfortable with instead of sitting by a bunch of strangers and having to suffer through small talk. So that added to the experience that they were just very sincere in wanting me to join them. Secondly, what added to this experience was after the meal, um, and we're waiting for the check and I'm already going through it in my mind thinking how much was this meal plus a drink um, it was at an expensive restaurant I'm gonna have to pay like 30 bucks plus tip I'm already going through it in my mind and the server comes and the mom and daughter they announced to the group we're paying for everyone we're paying for everyone's dinner tonight and I you know did what I think is the expected and appreciated like no you don't have to do that please no I insist I can pay I'll pay for myself but they insisted no you that's why we invited all of you here tonight we want to we want to pay for your meal so any meal that's free that makes it even 10 times better and that was one of my most memorable food experiences now I want to share with you my worst food experience and I'll explain why. So I had been living in the Philippines and this is where it happened. Now let me just say I really enjoy Filipino food and while living there I got to experience a variety of Filipino dishes that I really in liked and really enjoyed eating. But after a few months, uh, yes, I started to really miss just food from home. The flavors, the seasoning, the different types of foods. I was really, really missing it. And one night, some friends invited us over. They said they were going to make pizza. So I was really looking forward to this. Because in the Philippines, anything that I had like that was reminiscent of home, like even just burger, fries, pizza, things I would call American food, it just didn't taste like the flavors at home for whatever reason and so when I went to this friend's house expecting homemade pizza I, I was sorely disappointed because I went to take a big bite bite out of the pizza and it, every flavor you expect to taste on a pizza it was the opposite it was a they what they do is they make the, the pizza sauce they use banana ketchup and that when you're expecting marinara sauce and you get banana ketchup instead um no 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 so that was that was probably one of my worst food experiences hello this is jennifer and this story takes place the one and only time that i have been abroad we stayed with my friend's husband's family and he came from a large family i think i met six other siblings but I stayed at the house with the younger sister and my friend and her husband stayed at the bigger house with all of the other visiting siblings. 
one of their kids lived on a farm and made their own cheese and they brought a huge wheel of this soft white cheese with green peppercorns in it and like a lot of Swedish things it smelled bad but it was the most delicious cheese that I've ever eaten the peppercorns which I at first thought seemed like those would be gross because I really don't like pepper that much but these ones were almost sweet it was like little explosions of like sweet peppery flavor and I was so sad because it's not like I could buy this cheese at home this was limited edition handmade cheese this was a once-in-a-lifetime cheese and it was amazing and it will haunt me for the rest of my life <laughs> so at the big house where everybody was staying there were two bathrooms one with a shower and one with a bathtub the one with the shower was broken so the parents and five of the kids with their spouses and children at the house had to share this one bathroom now the bathtub had like a little handheld shower thing but it didn't have like a place to put a shower head so it was handheld only it didn't have a curtain or anything around it and with that many people you couldn't really take a long luxurious bath but if you like stood up water would get everywhere again no shower curtain really the only way to use it was to like kind of rinse off while like sitting on your knees it was not comfortable also it was cold <laughs> so the dad decided to bring out of the deep freeze a whole pig that he had kept frozen for over a year and he decided that he should thaw this pig in the bathtub so every time someone needed to take a bath he'd have to move the pig carcass so they could use it and this was in the process of thawing for days like almost a week meanwhile my friend was completely traumatized by having to stare at a dead pig in the bathtub every time she had to use the restroom finally the the big day came I think they dug like a pit and roasted it I'm not sure I wasn't at the big house at that time um, but my friend swore that she could not would not under any circumstances eat this pig and it became this point of contention the more she didn't want to eat the pig the more her father-in-law wanted her to eat the pig to the point where he was completely insistent and when she turned him down he was quite offended and he was like insulting us in his native language that we couldn't understand throughout dinner while everyone else who could understand sat awkwardly around not knowing what to do I did eat some of it for dinner because everyone else was eating it and they seemed to be surviving <laughs> so some of the strangest food and some of the best most amazing food I had in Sweden but again I'm sad because some of these things I can't really eat again unless I go back over there but maybe it's, it's good because I'd, I'd probably spend all my money on Swedish food their kebabs and pizza are where it is at I am telling you <laughs> just me left alone with my memories of meals that were and can no longer be if you're fond of sand dunes and salty air quaint little villages here and there you're sure to fall in love with those 
to Cape Cod. We talked to our dear friend and friend of the show, Miriam, and she said that in the 80s, she went to a restaurant in Singapore, and it was a revolving restaurant. She said you could look out the window at the night lights, and she mentioned how impressive they were. But that's not all. At this restaurant, they brought dessert out on a bed of dry ice, and she said they were little chocolates on this this bed of dry ice. Um, she had another memorable meal in Zurich. She said it was a really fancy place called Max's, and she and her friend ordered stuffed zucchini flowers as a starter. And what was really remarkable about this meal was that the servers were all dressed up. They had bow ties and aprons and everything, and they brought out these silver domed plates. And she said in a synchronized fashion, they lifted the lids to present their their meal. And she said it was like a show. And I can only imagine, I've never been served food on a silver platter. So I think that that's a pretty, that's pretty memorable. Next, we're going to hear from Steve and Charlene, and then Sunshine. So we're talking about food, and food is uh, an amazing thing. It keeps you going, but it's something that's also an experience. We're going to talk about a few things in our life that have to do with food. So we'll start with early on, Charlene. Okay. Well, when we were first married, um, we were both very young and lived in a little studio apartment over on Taylor Street. And I remember you went to the grocery store. We'd been married just a couple of days, and you were going to get ingredients for grilled cheese sandwiches. So when you got back to our little apartment, you had brought home Swiss cheese and butter and bread, which doesn't sound all that unusual, but grilled cheese sandwiches for me at home, before I left home was like Velveeta and margarine and... <laughs> Yeah, and you fry it up, melted cheese, and so it was really exciting to have Swiss grilled Swiss cheese sandwiches with butter, and I think we've been eating butter ever since because there's no substitute for butter. Butter is better. Nothing like butter. Yeah. So, so that was that was a fun experience and kind of a opening a door for me and my culinary experiences, yeah. and then also. I was not, I mean, I could home cook, I could cook beans, mm. I could, you know, fry up pork chops, maybe, but I never went grocery shopping on my own. I was, you know, pretty inexperienced. And within the first week that we were married, you brought me home a cookbook. I did. And do you remember what that cookbook was? I do, the Better Homes and Gardens cookbook. Yes, and it was amazing i mean i did know how to read a recipe and that cookbook was <laughs> and you could turn the stone stove on and you could turn on the stove yeah you could so that cookbook was so perfect because it was well illustrated it was foods that 
you're familiar with at the grocery store. I could, I could, from that cookbook, I could make a shopping list and actually feed us for a week. But the first meal that I remember pulling out of that cookbook, I wanted to make something special for your birthday. Yeah. And we were married on July 17th. Yeah. And your birthday came around 10 days later. Yeah, 27th. Uh-huh. And I was excited about making you something special. So in that wonderful cookbook that you gave me, I found Swedish meatballs. Ah. And that was... Even though I was Polish, you found yes. Swedish meatballs. That was an exciting... That was my first recipe that I put together. And I, I think it was a success. I don't really remember what it tastes like, but I remember cooking it, and I remember being excited about serving you Swedish meatballs for your birthday. Uh, yeah, and that's something. Well, must have worked out okay, because 50-plus years later, here we are. Yep. Yeah, we're good. Well, on the other end of the spectrum was something, oh, it's, well, it's been several years ago now, but uh, a friend of mine, a friend of ours, two, two, a couple, but at any rate, uh, he and I went back to New York and did some volunteer work for about a week, and then you and his wife uh, flew out and met us. And one of the things that we did was we went up to the top of the World Trade Center. That's no longer there. No longer there, yeah. And it was just before twilight, and uh, we couldn't afford, well, we weren't dressed for the, the actual dinner, but I don't think we could afford it anyway. So we had cocktails and hors d'oeuvres. You had cocktails. Veda and I, we had coffee. Oh, yeah. And we had little desserts. They yeah. were like this little finger desserts, yeah. <laughs> little cakes. It wasn't much to them. It wasn't much at all. No. And we nursed those drinks yep. and that coffee. <laughs> yep, and watched the sunset on the west over New Jersey, looking down on the Brooklyn Bridge. And Listening to the string quartet. Yeah. It was really cool. Statue of Liberty and uh, East River and the Hudson River coming it together. It was beautiful. Quite an experience to have, yeah. And then the bill came. Yeah, it was. It was like... <laughs> Well over $100 for some coffee and a couple cocktails and a yep. piece of I thought it was kind of close to 200 but yeah. I know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah nice. Jim about had a heart attack, but it was an experience that you never for, would never forget. I know. Tell us real quick about Peru. Oh. you got about 30 seconds. Oh, no, really? I really, yeah. Okay. Well, in Peru, we enjoyed some interesting cuisine. Yeah. Um, Probably the most exotic was what they call cuy, mm -hmm. and that's a guinea pig. Yep. Yeah, yep. so, yeah, that was uh, It tasted interesting. a lot like a fatty chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doesn't everything taste like chicken? <laughs> but my favorite thing was the chichamarada, yeah. which was a purple corn drink yep. made from fruit skins, pineapple, and you and sugar, and it was very purple and just delicious. And you can make a pudding from it also. Yeah. And that was really a culinary delight. All right. Would you do me a favor? Yes. Would you make it again? I will. Thank you. All right. That's our food experience. Bye. So I really tried to think of a memorable meal that I've had and uh, something that came to mind is just growing up, you know, we come from a big family, we love to eat, we love to cook, and we always ate dinner as a family at the table. So those times just 
all around the dinner table eating and talking or fighting and laughing. Like those are days I'll always remember and cherish. But now as an adult, having my own family, my own kids, seeing them like that around the table makes me really happy. And I think I'll always cherish those times. But something specific that I'm thinking of is last year, um, Jacob and I celebrated our 10-year wedding anniversary. So we took our kids to Northern Arizona to celebrate. And we were driving through Sedona and we found a mom and pop uh, cafe. So we stopped to have breakfast there. And I think just sitting there on the table with the kids, being in a beautiful place and, you know, thinking about 10 years together, that was very memorable and something I'll always cherish, being together as a family. Oh, God didn't make little green apples. It don't rain in Indianapolis in the summertime. All right, so now you're going to hear from Starlene, Jennifer, and Weston. Okay, so my favorite meal is from when me and Timothy were in Paris. Um, we were walking the streets at night, and I was hungry, and we found this little restaurant and they sat us downstairs and I thought why did they sit us downstairs and it was because I soon realized it's the lovers seating area because there were other couples down there having romantic dinners and I ordered some white clam sauced pasta and it was amazing and we got snails and Tim ordered frog legs and we had wine and it was just, Timothy says it's his favorite meal too. And it's because it was a very like real moment. Like it wasn't a touristy spot. It was just a spot that we found. And we just were, we had the best time. And the food was to this day like the best, the best food we could have imagined. It was delicious. And the ambiance was very romantic too timothy and i are just both very adventurous so it was a very adventurous choice to get the snails and frog legs but it was also romantic hello this is jennifer so one notable meal that i've always remembered was when i was 15. my mom and i had been befriended by two elderly ladies who were great friends grace and mary while Grace was happy and effervescent, Mary tended towards the dour side, and they invited us to stay with Grace in Los Angeles, which we did. We got tickets to see Phantom of the Opera, and Grace and Mary treated us to dinner at a very, very swanky place near the theater. I had never eaten at any place so expensive in my life. For the four of us, the total was more than our rent. And I had so many conflicting feelings, like excitement to be at such a fancy restaurant and have a glimpse of that world, though the practical part of me was a little horrified, like that's so much money. I felt thankful for their generosity, but also self-conscious, like I wasn't worthy of it. 
and then a little sad that once I'd consumed this food and my body absorbed it, it was gone. Such a temporary investment. But that night I got to be someone other than myself, dressed up and fine dined, and the musical itself was amazing. So my senses were just completely inundated with all of these experiences. And I felt like really exhilarated and sort of amped up for a while after that because it was just so exciting and cool to experience so many new things. I'm 10 months old. We're driving to the convention. We went to McDonald's and it's serving Umquia ice cream. I, my mom got, my mom got, not me, but her, she looked, uh, an ice cream, cherry and strawberry flavor, not stacked up, but, but, but one scoop of strawberry ice cream with cherries inside of it, with chunks of cherries inside of it. She gave me a taste. It was a revelation. I, I love ice cream. I like ice cream. Yeah. So that's the first thing I had ever tasted. It was the first thing I ever tasted, so your kid's honestly just gonna be like... So, if you're young and you're eating food, that's what's special about it. Like, when you're young, then if your kid, if your dad... The, honestly, I, I've had this theory about people, if, if someone has a, the first food in their life, the first food that they've ever tasted since they were a little kid, might be their favorite food. So if you feed a kid radish with uh, some radish with sour cream, then he's going to be like, when he grows up, he's like, hey, let's have some radish and sour cream for lunch or something. Your first meal might be with your grandparents or your regular parents. If you're eating something with someone you love, you're honestly going to like, you're going to like the food and going to carry that on to your ancestors and there's going to be a whole line of people that like the food. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's what I think. Leave it up to humankind to take a basic human necessity, such as eating, and turn it into something that's meaningful and awkward <laughs> and enjoyable. It is all of those things. Yeah. But guess what? The show is not over. <laughs> It is not over. Not yet. Far from it. You still haven't heard from me and Bobby about our most memorable meals. Oh, yes. We eat too, don't we? (laughs) That is correct. Mm -hmm. We love to eat. We enjoy dining in, dining out. Not so much dining out these days. It's added an extra element of stress. (laughs) That's true. But uh, we have been known to sit down and take a meal or two that's right so bobby what was one of your what's one of your most memorable meals my most memorable one of my most memorable meals i would have to say uh we had they had uh some of our contributors had touched on this the the first meal after becoming a married couple is very special and that's something that i have had the privilege of experiencing Emily, uh, as our first meal right after, you know, getting married and we, you know, came to our home, uh, you know, together and 
it was our first like dinner time she made meatball subs <laughs> and they were so delicious and she actually like cooked in the kitchen which was really exciting and i'd like to think that i offered to help and that she said no i want to do this on my own mm. i don't remember that part but i do remember the meatball subs they were really good. I remember sitting down and just, you know, looking at our plates and look, I think, I don't even think we were sitting at like a dining room table. I think we were sitting on like a futon, which is. Yeah, I, we didn't even have a dining room table. Yeah, in front of the TV, which is how one should take their first meal after <laughs> getting married. So we were sitting in front of the TV, getting ready to watch some funny show that would have been you know the show we were watching in 2009 mm -hmm. spring of 2009 mm -hmm. and uh yeah that was memorable to me because it was like the it was the f like the first day of the rest of our lives oh um well one of my most memorable meals was um it was like in 2012 i think because it was before Weston was born like right before I found out I was pregnant. So I think I was probably pregnant with him on this very at this very meal. What? And we had this big turkey dinner with so many friends and we were all packed into this townhouse <laughs> and there was just like it smelled so good and it was warm. It was like at the beginning of December, I think. So just like the turkey dinner and the smells and everyone brought something to the dinner and we had one of our friends she made collard greens which i had never had and so we had that for the first time incredible so, amazing so good um our other friend made like three different kinds of pie mm -hmm. one of which was a mix of the two pies <laughs> i think she made an apple pie and then a, a pecan pie, and then she made an apple pecan pie. Did yes. she? Thank you. Your mind is blown. <laughs> I don't remember that part. And then I just remember eating mold, or, or, well, eating the food, and then drinking mold cider, and just like feeling so warm and fuzzy. And then we all played a game, which I'm not usually like a big board game person but like this game was just it was really great it was like a singing game and you had to come up with lyrics from oh, songs that's right and then our friend um kurt ate so much that he had to like lay down yeah he couldn't stand <laughs> he couldn't stand <laughs> and then me and my mom and our friend patty we took a turn around the block because we also had well we didn't eat that much but we were like we need to walk this off and so it's just a it was just a wonderful memory and i think it's especially special to me now because we don't get to be around that many people and i don't know it's just a warm warm fuzzy spot in my mind it is yeah it was it was definitely a good memory I have a, another memory. I can make it quick. Okay. So, uh, af when when you had had when Emily gave birth to our first born, who you just heard from a little bit ago, Weston, uh, 
that I hadn't eaten like for 24 hours and because I was like in survival mode just like trying to be there for oh, you. Oh, you poor thing. I know. I was just really suffering. How hard for you <laughs> while I was giving birth to our son. That and, must have been so difficult. And then <laughs> your doctor was like, "Bobby, you should eat." And she was like, "They give they basically she was like if you order something it's free like it's complimentary and i and suddenly it just reframed like me hesitating to eat and i was like oh you know what all right i will eat like she had the baby everything's all like calm now and um and so i you know i i looked at the menu the hospital menu and i ordered a cheeseburger a bacon cheeseburger with fries and it was delicious just don't tell Weston that we only had him for the hospital food, the free <laughs> hospital food. I won't. I'll keep it, keep it a secret. All right. Well, our sincere thanks to everyone who contributed to this show. It was just as wonderful as I had imagined it to be. And I hope that everyone enjoyed everyone's most memorable meals. Yes. And if you're just about to sit down to eat something delicious, just take a moment and think about those people in your life, those special people that you have eaten with in the past, and uh, maybe raise a little glass uh, skyward, uh, and um, and then pour out some of what you're drinking for for your friends that you miss so very much, because they'll know they'll know when that liquid hits the carpet, what that means. <laughs> they'll hear it, because that's how that works, right? It's something like that. All right. Well, that's it from Dream Infringement. <laughs> we'll just know that we love you. And like a delicious meal, so is our friendship to our listeners. It is tasty and special and meaningful. And stick around for more radio deliciousness. We've got Leo. With high tech soul. All right. Bye, everyone. Sayonara. In Napoli, where love is king, when boy meets girl, here's what they say. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. Amore.